hate my mother. Just like that. Now, I know a lot of us have had similar experiences, but to say this in front of your father, and to say it with such conviction, was a life-changing event for me. And there was a, a it's, it's interesting when a young soul takes a very strong position. It's like there, there came a parting of ways with my mom in many ways. She no longer was my mom. She was my mom, but she wasn't. And uh, there was a hardness of heart towards her out of that. And what's very interesting about sin, so now God's now beginning to show me actually this thing, this thing is impacting you in your relationship with Lorna. And uh, can I just, I can keep on telling a story, but can I just to give this thing a little bit of teeth, can I share with you a few points about sin? Just so you can understand the nature of sin. Um, a lot of people think that sin is just a thing, but it's, it's very much alive. It's very much uh, living. Uh, to make it scriptural, the first time sin's actually mentioned by God is when, when, when God approaches Cain and says, do you not know that sin lies at the door and has desire for you? It's amazing how God sees sin. He actually describes sin as having life in it and actually having a, an agenda. Uh, sin is described in Romans 1 as being transformational. So it has the power. I'm just trying to, can I work with you a little bit? It has the power to actually change the way you think. It says that, that, that um, this is not all short hands. I'm just giving you little glimpses. But it, it actually corrupts the mind and changes the way you think. That's Romans 1. You can read it for yourself. That's quite something, yeah? Have you ever seen someone, I'll give you a classic example in South Africa. Have you ever seen someone who's crossed the line, say, on racialism? So they, they, they're racist in their perspective. But have you ever seen someone become racist and then they get transformed? It's like, it's like they don't just stay there. It, 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 they, their whole inner being becomes filled with, a, with a, a life that when they speak, and if you just mention one thing, suddenly you'll find something comes out of them. It's like, it's like they actually get transformed from one level to another. It's transformational. Ephesians 2 says that, that it speaks about the sons of disobedience. That, that sin actually forms us. There's a, you know, if it speaks about son, it means there's a father. And, and if we understand father, father is to form and to raise you up and to show you the ways. There's a, a forming. I'm just trying to shift our perspective of how powerful and how influential this crossing of the line was in my life. Um, and it's deceptive. This is the last one. Sin is very deceptive. I'll tell you why. Because when I thought of my mother, I could just see all the things she had done. But I couldn't see anything I'd done. So it's like, okay, I shouldn't laugh about it. But it's like I, it's like I could see everything that she had done wrong. Uh, I, I, I'm going to give you because I want to honor her. So I'm going to come around the other way now because I don't want to because this thing might get out. So I mean, I need to give a bit of a balanced story here. But it's like in my mind, she was very controlling. She was almost impossible to please. And there was just no space for me in this, this relationship to, to actually find life. And it's actually what she was, was a lot bigger for me 
than what I had done. Jesus described it this way. He said, if you want to help someone else, or he said this, he says, first take the log out of your own eye before you can help someone else with a splinter in their eye. So this is my experience. When someone has hurt me, when someone has uh, done something to me that I might need to forgive them, my experience is, especially now when it comes to sin, is that their sin looks a lot bigger to me than my possible sinful response. And it's almost like my sinful response is justified. And sin's got an incredible way of being deceptive of where the responsibility lies. And if you are married, just trust me in this. You don't see it rightly. And you have to say, God, help me get the log out of my eye because my partner, they look like they really, this is really a problem. Uh, and, I, and I think it's, if, you, if you're in a family, it's the same thing. It's like I find with my children, I'm sure my children wrestle with this. And so at the workplace, we wrestle with this. It's a big thing to let people see objectively. And so there's a swing in how we see. And there's a swing in how I saw my mother. Just for the sake of honor, because I'm probably going to forget this. But let me give you a little bit of context about my mom. My mom, unfortunately, fell pregnant with me when she was, I think, just late 17, early 18. She's such a young girl. Uh, she was very, very bright. She was an exceptional student, top of the class. When she fell pregnant with me, her whole life changed. I was a massive knock to her. Uh, for me to come into her life, was a huge change, a lot of loss. Uh, she, coming from a very intelligent background, um, her experience of me, and this is the truth, is that I'm a lot of trouble. And I was a lot of trouble. Uh, I was one of those kids where, you know, the branches don't all go to the top of the tree. You know those kids? It's like there's something missing. Or maybe like a few, like a few sandwiches sort of a whole picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Someone would described it this way. He's um, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, and so my mom, my mom really was concerned about me. Actually, she was afraid for me. So part of her perspective was, I'm a five, six, seven-year-old. I can hardly read. She's really afraid. So I think part of the wrestle was, she wanted, she, she, out, of, out of the goodness of her heart, she was trying to, she knew what the ugly world was like. And... All I experienced was, man, I'm just not meeting the mark. I'm constantly being battered by her. I need to learn more. I don't learn enough. You know, and the list just carried on and carried on. So there was another side to this coin, which I couldn't see. It often happens like that. Uh, but the Lord knew that hatred was working in me. And I was a very nice guy. I, 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 some of you might not be sure about that. But, but, you know, if you met me in my 20s, it's amazing how I'm a misogynist. And I'm a misogynist someone who, who can hate women. can be very charming. Now, I'm not saying I hated all women. It's like, it's like, uh, but, but I'm just trying to let you understand how sin works. The, 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 the people that have been most affected by this often are the most charming and the most likable and nice. But underneath the surface is that 
horrible thing that when you cross him, he's going to bite. And sin will be alive in him. And sin will always have an appetite to have its full, full effect. And so, and so God showed me this thing needs to come out of you. I, I want you to, I want you to deal with this. And the terrible thing was, it not just was the impact of what I'd done. And when God shows you something, you see it for what it is. But now all the pain of, of that time began to surface. Now let me just tell you, I'm, I'm trying to work this a little bit into you. Um, but, you know, people will, will listen to this and go, yeah, no, I, need, I, need, I need to confess that. And they'll want to do the right thing, but not deal with their hearts. So let me tell you that not all the, it's not for everyone, but you'll be amazed. My wife's a psychologist. I've probably, if we, didn't, if we had plenty of time, and maybe she wants to add something here, but you'd be amazed that our people don't want to face their hearts. So they want to tick the box. Okay, tell me what to do. Okay, okay I'm going I'm to sort this thing out. Okay, I must confess my hatred. Yes, I'll do that. But to actually let your heart come into the surface. Remember, I'm on the ways of God. I'm, on the, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to teach you something out of my own walk with God. God doesn't just want your sin. He wants you. And so, ticking the box for God is not really what He's looking for. He's looking for reconciliation. He's looking for all of you. He wants you. That's why Christ died. To redeem you. And so now I'm facing the pain of that time. The lost, the, the, the years lost. And it's, 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 it's an interesting thing which I can't fully go into. But, but there's even shame involved that I couldn't have a good relationship with my mom. Even the shame began to surface. And, and that is all part of the confession. is not just confessing my hatred and actually pushing it into the body of Christ, but letting my heart come to the surface and letting my heart be known before God and bonding to God so that I could actually rightly bond with other. And so this is the ways of God. How God will find our hearts. And so here I, I confess the, the sin of hatred and with all of its bitterness and its resentments and its unforgiveness. And, and I, I have a shift of perspective. When, when, when God's Spirit comes, you begin to see rightly. You begin to see not just the log in the other person's eye, but you begin to see rightly. And I was able to make peace with Mother and receive the forgiveness of God. At this time, I've been a Christian for a number of years. And... It's not even part of my theology. And as I do this, I feel this blowing inside of me. It's like something inside of me begins to surface. And uh, I had learned to pray by this time. I, I'm, I'm familiar with God's presence. And I, I just was standing in His presence. And I felt like, it felt like a, a pressure coming up into my chest and eventually filling my throat. I'm telling you the truth. And as it was coming up into my throat, I began to choke. Like I was gagging. And there was no one with me. And I could see this, this I want to say, a creature actually leaving me. Now, just to help us understand the spirit realm, is when you see something from God's 
eyes. You're not afraid of those things. And he gives you a lens to see it rightly. But it was um, an actual entity that came out of me. And I saw it leave me. And I, I realized that not only had I deeply offended God and sinned against God, sinned against my mother, uh, but I knew that that hatred had taken up space inside of me and there was substance to it, but also a demonic spirit. And that spirit got released out of me. Now, to help us theologically, remember I've only got a little bit of time, but if I was really wealthy, so I'm trying to explain to you the book of Ephesians in a, a parable. If I was really wealthy and I bought a, a hundred room castle in England, boots and all, furniture and paintings, and just imagine just a glorious castle. And I paid for it in full. It's all mine. And I clean out the lounge and the kitchen. And I redo some of the things. But now I've got 98, 97 rooms still to go through. And I might find many things in those rooms that I throw out that I don't want. And sometimes even things that are really against my values and are opposed to what I believe. And what you'll find in salvation is, yes, you will fully belong to Jesus. Fully, I fully belong to Him. But there were parts of my life that hadn't fully come into the light. I know you're very spiritual and you think you know more than me, but let me help you a little bit. Um, when, I, when you got saved, when I got saved, God began to deal with certain sins. Didn't deal with all of them. So I learned my language first cleaned up. But there were much more violent and vicious sins that took a much longer time for God to bring into the light, like this hatred. And so as God works in us, there can be a freeing of the demonic. Now, I don't believe a Christian can be demonized. <laughs> I wasn't looking at you, man. Come on. <laughs> I can hardly see you. What are you looking at you? <laughs> so, you put it this way, well, rather. Okay, the new guys, just bear with me. You're probably thinking, you know, what the heck is this guy talking about? I'm just coming to church, man. <laughs> the last congregation or group of people did, I mean, I really ate them up last week, so that's why I come to you guys now. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was. But, um, ah, yes. So, I think probably a better word is can a Christian be demon possessed? No. But are there different levels where there can be some form of affliction, oppression, or even a spirit leaving them? Definitely. Definitely out of my experience. Not even a personal experience. I've probably helped, I don't know how many people, but many, many people. Often linked to these sins. Unforgiveness. Uh, vows which are contradictory to the values of God. So me saying to my mother, I hate her, is directly against to honor your father and mother. So there's certain things... Gross unforgiveness, gross sin against authority figures, gross sexual sin. Uh, you'll find there's certain things where the demonic will work. And you'll, you'll, you'll never find the demonic working outside of sin. Either your own sin or someone else's sin against you that hasn't been dealt with. And if it is possible for the demonic to come through the bloodline, it's always through sin. 
if it is possible. So, <laughs> it is good. So, a little bit more scripture. Let's quickly go for it. I'm trying to land this thing. Uh, Jesus drove out demons by the finger of God. That's in Luke 11, verse 20. Uh, the, you, I mean, you can, I'm just going to read the scripture for you. This is like, just like an entry in. Okay, so we're not going to like, uh, I need to build a, a greater foundation. But I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of insight into the battle that we are fighting. Thank you, Matthew. Um, one of the signs of the kingdom is deliverance. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. And this is one of the signs of that. Uh, in Mark 16, it says, In my name you will cast out demons. In James 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourself to God and the devil will flee. And Ephesians 6 says that we are, un we are not unaware of the schemes of darkness. Let me put you a little bit edge. Let me, let me like make you realize like this thing's quite serious. Darkness is quite intelligent. That's what a scheme in the same way that Ephesians 2 speaks about a plan for your life, there is a demonic plan for you as well. There is a strategy against your life. And so Paul says we don't want to be unaware of the schemes of darkness. And so there is a wisdom that we all need to learn in how to navigate our lives. There's really a wisdom. And if, if you don't know the ways of God, you have counseled me to just make a good decision. We all get cold feet. Warm those feet up and make a decision. But that ambivalence was coming from undealt with sin. And so we learn the ways of God. We learn how to, how to walk our own lives into truth. And we learn how to help others find truth. Um... Quick story, another one. For years, a little bit embarrassing actually in some ways. For years, I would have restless sleep before a long trip. It's pretty normal. So if I'm going to do like an eight-hour car trip, I don't sleep as well. And often I had dreams of an accident scene. And I would be hovering above the accident scene in the dream, and I'd see the blood flowing out of the car. And I'd learned... That being, and this is important, being a good Christian means disciplining your mind. And so I would, I would train my mind. I would, I would say, God, I trust you. I resist that thinking. I think these thoughts. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's very important. And I'd learned to hold my mind. And, and I want to say that uh, if you do think that deliverance is a secret key to end all your problems, uh, it's not true. Uh, it is a very necessary part of our uh, redemption, especially if you've been exposed to demonic stuff. And, and, and it is really important for us to free you from demonic spirits. But it's really, really essential that you learn to think rightly and that you learn to think God's ways and you actually learn to come into the open about your sin and learn to turn away from sin because that's where the power is. But... Uh, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I've been wrestling with this thing now for a few years, and I just got used to it. So I, it's like I constantly can feel it, and I hold my line. I'm in Canada, sitting across a prophetic woman. 
And she says, uh, are you aware that there's a spirit of death that's been tormenting you? And like, like, <laughs> I'm not the most teachable in certain areas, you know. <laughs> so what happened was, it's like, I, you know, I didn't go, wow, that's so helpful. I went like, in my mind, I go, who do you think you are telling me that the spirit of death tormenting me? Like, I mean, I'm a man, like, I'm, I'm walk with God. Don't come and tell me stuff like that. <laughs> and there was like, there's a funny, there's an interesting response in me. And uh, JP, I came to my senses. I thought to myself, you know what? There's something going on here. She's seen something. And I know it's true. And when I came against that thing as a spirit, my goodness, it's like there was a shift. I'm talking a shift. Like, and I would go, if you had told me this before it happened, I would have been one of these guys. Mm, I'm not into like the hocus pocus stuff, you know. Just learn to control your mind. Get on with it. We all wrestle. It's like I, I would lean that way. Um, but I've learned, I'm, I'm learning, and this has been an ongoing wrestle, and I think it takes great wisdom. What is to be resisted? What is to be held your ground on where you actually need to train yourself and, and hold your thinking? And what is actually uh, a, a temptation and sin that needs to be overcome by the Spirit with you overcoming it? And what is... Darkness lead me. It takes, it takes discernment to know the difference. And the book of, of Psalms 25 says, Lord, teach me your ways. Lord, I want to know. Teach me your truth. I want to walk with you. The last landing. You know, there's a real order. And I, may I get the spirit of this? It's, it's not just, you know, James 4 says, we submit ourselves to God first. Uh, there's an order in overcoming darkness. It's first to God. You know, even Ephesians 6, now if you've read it, maybe, maybe I'm, uh, because I'm doing hors d'oeuvre, uh, 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 you know, I'm not really covering stuff, but a lot of people who get into spiritual warfare stuff are really completely often not helpful in church. So if, you know, often the guys who are really good at deliverance aren't very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say it, but it's because they're, they're, there's not an order in their thinking. And there's, not a, and, and there's not a testedness in how they... You know, I've been in deliverance meetings where one guy says, Devil, keep quiet! And the other guy's saying, Name yourself! <laughs> and like, and like devils are confused. And then, and then it's like... And then they're not really sure what's going on. So they're just like, they go through a whole long list of things and hopefully they're hitting one thing. You know what I mean? It's like devil of uh, confusion, devil of this. And like, I'm thinking, my goodness, how many? This person must have like 50 demons in them. And it really messes with the church. It just, it's not helpful. <laughs> so, but it is helpful. It is helpful when someone's really being tormented by something. And there is really been an infestation of something into their lives. And you help them come through it through confession of sin, through coming into the light, for God's Spirit coming on them. That's very helpful. And it's a need in the church. It's a great need in the church to, to help people find the ways of God. 
And so this order thing, I'll go back to Ephesians 6. Go bear with me now quickly. That Ephesians 6 thing. It's like, it's, it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, uh, and, 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 but, but against powers and principalities. And then it says, put on the full armor of God. And we become all weird about that. But if you look with the eyes of the Spirit at about Ephesians 6, it's all about Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3, 4, 5. And, and it's, it's all the place that God calls us to be obedient to the Lord and to find His ways and to have right relationships in marriage, right relationships in the workplace, and how to, how to receive the forgiveness of God and how to stand in Christ. That's the armor. That's the submission to God. So if you don't know, how do you, submitting to God first is, is, a, is standing and abiding in Christ. That's our warfare. So part of the purpose of the Holy Spirit tonight, twofold, is to help you discern what's really happening in your life. And secondly, to invite you into a lifestyle of prayer. So if this is like completely, completely just like a blur for you, Okay, then, then it's important for you to go, okay, maybe I need to move forward in these things uh, and actually ask God to open my eyes and, and learn to discern, learn to work with Him in His ways uh, so that you can, like me, be strengthened to say no, you need to say no. So sometimes the darkness needs to be said, flee. And the other times we learn to abide in the Lord and, and, and walk in Christ. So to, to go back into worship, I think what I would like to do is actually have a time where we do impartation. Where we invite the Spirit of God to fill you and to even open your eyes to what darkness is doing. His way. So when we, Lord and myself have learned this, when we are under spiritual warfare, often we'll pray this prayer, and you're going to find them in Psalms. Full, Psalms is full of them. Uh, but, but we'll pray this prayer, Lord, let your light shine and paint the enemy red. So what we'll do is we'll say, Lord, let him be seen for what he's doing. And often there'll be even turmoil relationally. And... Uh, and we will, and, and not that we blame demonic, but often a demonic spirit will come to someone in the church and say, Do you really, I don't think Grant really likes you. So start like that. And you'll, there'll be a, there'll be a, and, and demonic spirits are real. Eh? They're intelligent beings. They, they, they're real. They will plant a thinking pattern in someone, and then that person begins to speak that. And so there'll be, even be demonic assignments against us as a church. Um, can I just go for another three minutes and something here? Yeah, this is going to, it'll make me look good, but it's actually not about me because uh, the more I've, I've actually thought about this, the more I realize that God is just saving me. I've had an encounter with an angel before. Uh, let me just, just to help you a little bit, <laughs> what we know and what's real. Oh my goodness. We talk to God like he's like, and that's like God. Like, like God. An angel's a created being. It's like you and us. He's come from the presence of God. 
That angel came and visited me. I wasn't even worshiping. I wasn't praying. Came, came into my room. And you go, well, yeah, no, Grant, maybe he's a bit, you know. Psh, psh, psh. That's like, a buddy knocked on the door when that angel arrived. And he went like this. He came in. He looked at me and he just went like this on his knees. I didn't see him again. Went on his knees, flattened his face. Uh, wept. Uh, came under the fear of God. You know that I can't get him, and I'm, I'm speaking the truth to you, I can't get him to talk about that. He won't talk about that. We talk about God, what God, what God doesn't do. He will not even talk about that experience. That's, that angel came into the room, gave me five instructions. I was uh, hostile towards my leadership at that time in the church, uh, and I was planning to go into business. I was like sort of done with the church. You know, you get you get those moments where you're going like, yeah, this is not really working for me, you know. And I was I was a full-time evangelist, and I was I had a business opportunity opening up. And business not bad, but I was compromising. I was walking away from what God wanted to deal inside of me. And this angel said to me, "This is what I want you to do: one, two, three, four, five. The conviction of my sin was horrific." It's like I fell onto the cross of Jesus, held onto the feet of Jesus. That angel is as real as you are sitting in front of me, but yet you can see through him. Probably about eight foot tall. Now demonic spirits are those beings that have sinned against God. Me and you need to be educated. We need to learn that you're going to stand before God. You're going you're gonna to give account for your life. And you, you cannot please God the way it is called us to please Him unless you learn His ways and learn to walk in His Spirit and learn to have a life of prayer before God. You know, it's very interesting for me. I won't tell you the worship band. I was playing worship when that creature walked in. It was like, it felt like this. I think of a, a, of a teenager that's playing reggae and his pastor visits him. That's what it felt like. I put that worship off. Ah, you must know that that being is an, on another level, carrying the presence of God. And the only reason why he visited me is because I would have gone another way. I was already set. And he came as a messenger of God to redirect me that I might obey God. That's the reason. It wasn't because I was uh, the man of God for the power of the hour. So part of our growing up is, is a prayer life. You heard Andrew say he seeks God every day. Part of, uh, part of growing up of normal Christianity is actually developing a worship life, a prayer life. A, a learning how to, how to come into God's presence. So Ephesians 6, one of the weapons is ongoing prayer and supplication. This doesn't work outside of that. Okay. So if you're a Christian, that you hardly read your Bible, and you haven't got a prayer life, how can I say it to you in a nice way? Not going to work. Have we learned the ways of God? So let's, do, let's do impartation. Some of you might, um, God might show you something now, tonight, okay? And we can minister to you. There might be. But let's not measure it by deliverance, 
Okay, so we're not looking for a scream, but we are looking for what God wants to do. I've probably had about five or six spirits come out of me. So it's, it's, but I think it's because I was just messed up. The average person doesn't go through deliverance. The average Christian doesn't. Um. <laughs> it's a good job to be part of. Uh, uh. <laughs> but I do want to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do tonight. So let's stand. Let's stand together.